Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Claggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you, Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It feels like I'm a, I'm a boxer in two different corners. Uh, yeah, I'm representing. <laughs> you do a little bit of everything. You know, we try and add to your title as much as we can every week. And uh, I've, I've noticed, Nicole, unless you're holding out on me, there's there's no fruits or veggies that you brought me from the garden. You know, this week. I, I and, you know, and Marge downstairs gave me a really hard time, too. And I just <laughs> I have been busy pruning my garden and I am not used to the fact that I'm now going to be able to have a fall vegetable garden. My everything that I thought was sort of petering out and dying. I'm suddenly producing new watermelon and new cantaloupe a new um, uh, tomato buds and so I'm like oh my gosh I have to like do something here so you're telling me to wait is what you're saying well I'm telling you I'm sorry I just didn't bring it (laughs) I could have because I do have some at home but I promise I'll do better next time I'm giving you a hard time (laughs) we we always appreciate it well let's let's get to the topic at hand tonight Nicole well at least one of the topics at hand and we're going to talk about skilled nursing facilities and you know oftentimes we don't think about these things until we're thrusted into a, a caregiving crisis or a, a long-term care crisis, but it's always important to have this information ahead of time and to know what you're getting into, and we've brought in two wonderful guests to help us sort out this field, and we've brought in some guests from Capital Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. We have Wendy Marsden, who's the marketing director there, and we also have Amy McCaskill, the admissions director. Thank you both so much for coming in this evening. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Yeah, you know, and we don't often shed light on um, skilled nursing communities, and, and it's it's not purposeful by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm really happy that we are adding this piece of the continuum into our show this week for sure. I would really just love to start off with, you know, some of those sort of myths and facts about skilled nursing. And one of the things that we often experience at Transitions uh, Guiding Lights is, is sort of that whole idea of what people picture a nursing home to be like, right? Um, often Oftentimes families say, well, I'm never going to place my mom or dad into a skilled nursing facility because they're picturing a space that is like cement block walls that are all white and sterile and everybody is, you know, depressed with their head looking down. And then there's, a, as my child would say, a terrible stench. And, and the reality of it is, is skilled nursing facilities have come a really, really, really long way. I mean, I started my career working in a skilled nursing community. And I will tell you, even then, 15, 20 years ago when I worked over there, it was it was it had already come a long way. So, what are some of the things that you know are the most common misnomers about a long term care skilled nursing facility? I think you you know you you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned like you know the the odors, the cinder block walls. Um, skilled like you said, skilled nursing facilities have really come a long way in developing a a great atmosphere um, for their patients. Um, When you're looking at rehab patients coming into a skilled facility, a lot of that environment is set up very similar to how you would see a hospital setting. So Mm -hmm. it does really have that clinical feel for the patient. Because it needs to. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, It definitely has that feel. So 
they do feel that they're in the structure where they're getting the care that they need and that it's not a permanent placement for them. Um, in the long-term care setting, you do see a lot of skilled facilities. They, you know, it definitely has a home environment to them. Um, it, within our facility and many other facilities, we allow families and residents to bring in things from their home to mm -hmm. make it their space. This is their home. This is their, their environment. And we do encourage them to bring things that um, space permits to allow them to have that feeling of their their own environment. Yeah, so let's break it down a little bit here because we just said two different things. We talked about a long-term care setting and then mm -hmm. we talked about a rehab setting. Right. And uh, I, let's start off with a rehab setting. So mm -hmm. my understanding is that uh, if you have a qualifying stay from Medicare, which we will discuss that in a mm -hmm. moment, I'm sure, then you may be eligible for a stay in, in uh, a skilled nursing facility for the rehab side to kind of bring you back up to where you were hopefully before you had that hospitalization am I correct correct that's correct so talk to us a little bit about that what does that mean because I know a lot of times when family caregivers call guiding lights they are quite dismayed my mom was just in the hospital but she can't go to rehab and I don't understand why I thought she'd go to rehab after she was in a hospital so if one of you could just kind of hit on what exactly does that mean what is a qualifying stay and how can you advocate to make that happen for your loved one if you really feel like they need that additional help Right. So when they go to the hospital, there is inpatient and there's observation stays. Mm -hmm. um, the hospital has certain criteria that they have to meet with Medicare that defines what is inpatient, what is observation. Um, there are a lot of different insurances out there, Medicare Advantage plans that don't require an inpatient stay to go to a short-term rehab facility. To make it even more complicated. To make it even more complicated. <laughs> That's just how it works. But if it's just straight Medicare Part A, um, they do require a three midnight inpatient stay in the hospital. Um, and if you're ever concerned about whether your stay is inpatient or observation, just ask. There's mm -hmm. a form that you usually would be signing at the hospital saying that your observation stay. So you're, you're so you're telling me that I could be in the hospital for almost three days and I'm not really admitted? That's correct. For three days? You can. If you never meet the criteria for inpatient, you would be observation the whole time. Wow. Yep. So I'm guessing, you know, for some simple falls that may go on in the home or, or things that are maybe not quite as acute, that happens to quite a lot of older adults. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Okay, so let's just assume that I have been in the hospital for three midnights and not three 11 p.m.s, right. not three one in the clock in the afternoons, three midnights, three right? Three midnights. Um, I, let's assume that I've met that qualification and I um, do I get to pick whatever rehab center that I want to go to? Mm -hmm. Is that has that how that works? Yeah, is it is patient or? choice. Okay. Um, so the case managers and social workers at the hospital usually meet with families and ask them, do they have a choice? Mm -hmm. um, they usually present them with a list of who has current availability, who has said that they can offer a bed for them, and then they encourage families to tour. Okay. Call the facility. Go look at them. Do your research. You know, go to Medicare.gov and look at the star ratings and really make an educated decision on what you want. Um, we encourage families all the time to come out and tour. Anyone that calls with an inquiry of, you know, tell me a little bit about your facility. You know, I can tell you all day long. It's more helpful if you come to the facility so we can talk and I can show you what our facility is all about. So the, the person has now been accepted into mm -hmm. a rehab center. And um, I really want to hit on the types of services that you all provide. But a, a very another very common thing that happens with our organization when families call in is suddenly they'll say, I was just told my mom has to be discharged. I thought she could stay for 100 days for free. 
and then they're suddenly in panic mode. So talk to us a little bit about that. Medicare does not cover necessarily, correct? That 100 is days. Correct. Do you most have... people hit 100 days? No, no. I never hardly. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because that, yep. that is sort of one of an, those urban legends out that there. That very much is. The case manager at the hospital told me I have 100 days. I can stay here for 100 days. and That seems like a lot that of time is for a family member. This not is a, true. Yeah, yeah you, you can stay for up to 100 days if you qualify per Medicare guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be meeting certain criteria to be able to use your 100 days of a, a skilled nursing need. Mm-hmm. Um, so most people who go to the hospital who may have had a hip replacement right. or something like that, you're definitely not looking at using 100 days to get back to where you were or right. to qualify per Medicare guidelines. You may be looking at a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of people think that they have that 100 days, but no one uses it. And then they get angry when they're told suddenly you're going about to be cut at a plan of care meeting. I mean, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And and the thing that I think a lot of families don't understand, and it's not, you know, really any one individual organization's fault, is that it's not necessarily that your loved one's going to get back to where they were. It's they're going to get back to the whatever their highest level of functioning is now based off of what just happened. And then they plateau Mm -hmm. correct and then they get to this level where they just stay where they're at and if they are not making any improvements after a certain amount of time i'm sure you give it you know somebody can have an off day or two sure but after a certain amount of time then you by law can't continue to consider them restorative correct that's correct if they have reached what's considered their newest maximum functional ability based off whatever their diagnosis is that is Medicare criteria for discharge. And then the panic begins. Yeah. For sure. So talk to us in a, for a couple of minutes here just about the types of services that can be provided on the rehab side. So there's a variety of services that you know a skilled nursing facility can provide. Um, generally, a patient coming into a skilled nursing facility is going to be receiving those therapy services, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. Um, typically, a patient coming into a rehab center would get therapy five days a week. Um, that um, you can go up to three hours a day of therapy in a skilled nursing facility. That's pretty. That's um, a lot. That's a lot. That's right <laughs> yeah. at the level of going into like an acute rehab hospital. Generally, most patients typically do about forty-five to fifty minutes of each discipline per day. Um, Beyond therapy services, they also provide nursing care, um, diabetic management. We provide a lot of education um, to families, new um, diabetic training, Mm -hmm. um, colostomy care, wound care, um, nebulizer treatments, oxygen management. Um, We're seeing more clinically complex patients now coming into skilled nursing facilities, so respiratory patients, patients requiring trait care. So it really is it spans it's more than your hips and knees. Absolutely, correct? absolutely. It's definitely more than that. We've got Wendy Marsden in the studio as well as Amy McCaskill. They're both with Capital Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. And we're going to continue our conversation on skilled nursing right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
This is Aging Matters. Karen Comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters. Karen Comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. We also have Wendy Marsden and Amy McCaskill here in the studio. They are with Capital Nursing and Rehabilitation Center, and we're having a discussion on skilled nursing. And Nicole, I'm sure you get a lot of calls with guiding lights with people who are just thrust into a situation and they have no clue what they're dealing with. And I'm sure they, once they, they get their feet under them, they, they think, well, you know, I wish I had looked into this a little bit sooner. Yes, that's for sure. And we're always talking on the show about really preparing, you know, and, and, and how just as human beings, we're pretty crisis oriented, right? We don't deal with it until it's a big hairy object in front of us. But the reality of it is, is preparing and thinking about things in advance goes a long ways for not only yourself as the family caregiver, but also for your loved one that you're going to potentially make a dramatic change with. And so I'm just wondering, you know, I know that the, the most nursing homes these days have the rehab side, but they also have the more what people more consider a nursing home is the more traditional long-term care side. And so let's talk a little bit about how that has changed the types of services that folks can receive and, and frankly, how is that paid for? Um, so as far as long-term care, you know, one of the most common myths that I hear in talking with families is, well, I have Medicare, so I, I'm covered for long-term mm-hmm. care. Unfortunately, that is not a service that is covered by Medicare. Um, when you're looking at long-term care, that is more considered custodial care. As we talked about earlier in the segment, you know, skilled care versus mm-hmm. custodial care, intermediate care. Um, when someone's looking at intermediate care, um, there's a couple of different avenues that families can go for paying for long-term care services, um, whether that be private pay services. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Wake County, the average cost for a skilled nursing facility is a little over $7,000 a month. It's mm-hmm. just kind of across the board sure. average for you. Um, one of the good, important keys about that is, you know, if, if you've researched assisted livings, you know, versus long-term care, you know, families may be a little bit more familiar with you have a base rate and then you have levels of care. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, in long-term care, it's not set up that way. No matter what your level of care is, you have a flat room and board So rate. it's all-inclusive, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's like going to a sandals resort. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's exactly. all included. Um, sure. If someone unfortunately does not have the finances to pay for long-term care, um, there is state funding through mm-hmm. Medicaid. Um, the income threshold that um, we look at for long-term care Medicaid services is $2,000 or less in liquid assets. Most skilled nursing facilities, their business office managers are very willing to work with family members and help them through that Medicaid process. Most skilled nursing facilities have the applications on site at the facility and usually have someone that can walk them through that process, help them get an appointment set up at the Medicaid office. Um, they've actually made it very easy. You can actually go right online um, to Wake County Department of Social Services and apply for adult Medicaid there as well. You know, an, another big issue um, that we often face, and I know this is another one of those big myths, is families are scared to death about a nursing home placement because of the great myth of the nursing home takes moms home, right? And so, you know, and, and, or if, you know, dad's in the nursing home and, and mom's in the home, well, then that's going to leave dad homeless. And right. while we're not going to get into all the nuances of that today, yeah. point blank, that's not 
accurate depiction. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> there has to be protection for the for the spouse to be able to live in the community. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, yeah. I mean, you picture you know, nursing homes don't have like you know a portfolio of seventy five thousand homes in the, in the area. Yeah. You know, but but that's just one of those things that has really mm-hmm. kind of gone out yeah. there and people really think well I don't want to do a nursing home placement because another thing that I often really try to talk to families about is you know when you're looking at the trajectory of your loved one's disease whether it's an Alzheimer's dementia disease or you know ALS for example you need to think about how many times you want to place your loved one because what suits them today two, three months ago may not suit them. So you may be looking, you know, if you do a, a, a lower level of care or least, least restrictive level of care, that may be great for today, but are you going to want to upheave, take that person and, and move them into another level of care two months from now right. when that long-term care community can't handle it anymore? So these are all things you really should consider. That is, that is true. And really one of the first steps is to talk to the physician. Mm-hmm. Talk to the primary care physician that is taking care of either yourself or your loved one. Um, and really go over what is the appropriate level of care? What is your recommendation? That's really the first step when you're thinking about long-term care is talk with the physician and see what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, is the appropriate level of care long-term care? Is the appropriate level of care assisted living? Right. You know, there's, there's, there's different options out there. Um, and then your physician can help guide you mm-hmm. into where you should be kind of directing your search. You know, I remember my husband's dad, he had a, a metastatic cancer, and it was in his brain, it was in his spine, it was in his lungs, it was everywhere. He was still walking around a little bit, but having consistent seizures and just not doing that well. And, and, you know, one organization said, oh, we could take him. And just based off of, I'm not a doctor, but based off of all the years I've worked in the industry, I'm like, this isn't going to look like this in even two weeks. There's no treatments going on. This isn't where we're going to be, and we're going to be moving him again. I don't think that's the best level of care for this individual. So what ended up happening was he was placed into a long-term care uh, nursing home, and he only ended up living a few weeks because of, you know, the Mm -hmm. whole situation. But it really is, you know, all about looking at that trajectory. For some people, you know, your general frail elder, you know, they may be able to live out their days with an independent living plus some assisted services or an assisted living community. But for others, it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. So talk to us a little bit about Capital Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. So we are very proud to work for Capital Nursing and Rehab. Amy and I both have been with um, the company for around three years, a little over three years. Um, Capital Nursing and Rehab is actually owned by Liberty Healthcare. Um, Liberty Healthcare is a family-owned company that was started in the late 1800s here in North Carolina. They they are very proud of the services they provide. Um, You know, not only does Liberty provide just a skilled nursing care, they provide a whole continuum of care for our residents. So whether that be skilled nursing, assisted living, independent living, home health care, hospice, medical equipment, pharmacy services. So once you enter into our Liberty family, you are able to continue through that continuum of care for continuity as well. Um, Capital is one of the skilled nursing facilities located right here in Raleigh. Our address is 3000 Holston Lane. We're right near Wake Med. we have 103 beds at our facility. Um, typically, our average population for rehab is around 30, mm-hmm. and then the rest of our population is long-term care. Oh, that so you're, you're pretty well, yeah, yeah, that's great, because you don't really see a lot of the long-term care beds. You see that sort of shrinking around. Right. So it's nice that you must really have yeah. a nice community of you know, caregivers and, and, and the residents as well that really get to know each other Absolutely. and enjoy each other. Yeah. 
You know, the other thing I like about this model is the fact that you do have that continuum, right? Because you're not, that makes me believe that you would be less likely to put someone in a level of care where they don't belong. Since you offer right. that whole continuum, you're going to put them where, what, what makes the right, right most exactly. sense. And a lot of times, you know, we see patients, you know, when we do have those long-term care beds that come open, um, those are usually when they do come open, patients in rehab, you know, will a lot of times transition from that level of care on into our long-term care. Um, you know, and speaking about long-term care services and, you know, the services that we provide, you know, that is their home. So no matter what their level of care is, we're able to provide that for them. And that includes hospice care as well. So they are able to, you know, have a good quality of life for whatever that time may be in their home. So what are some things that folks should look for when they're actually touring a long-term care community? Um, I would say look at the staff, look at the residents, where they're at, ask what services you know that they provide at the facility. If you're walking around a long-term care facility and there's no one out in the halls mm -hmm. or out doing activities and they're all in their rooms, that may not necessarily be a good thing if you have a loved one who is very interested in being out and about in activities. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to look to see the atmosphere. Is it a good fit? Come up with your questions ahead of time before you come tour. What's important to you um, and for your loved one? And just be prepared to to ask everything. You know, we, mm -hmm. we do tours all day long. We do phone calls for long-term care all day long. And it is great when a family comes in and they are very prepared like they know exactly what they're looking for exactly what their loved one needs exactly what's going on with their health conditions and can give you a really good picture so that you can provide the information that they need to make their best decision that level of preparation really does make all the difference. We want to thank Wendy Marsden and Amy McCaskill for both coming in. They are from Capital Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. What's the best way for folks to find more information about Capital if they uh, want to go online or maybe uh, make a phone call? Yes, you can definitely go online to Liberty Healthcare Services. Um, you can actually look at all levels of our care, including capital nursing and rehab. You can also give us a call at our facility. Our main phone number is 919-231-6045, and we're at extension 206, and we're available at any time to assist. Again, that's 919-231-6045, extension 206. Got it. All right. Amy and Wendy, thank you both so much for coming in this evening. we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters Care and Comfort that Surrounds You on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters Care and Comfort that Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we talk so often about aging in place and wanting to stay at home and making sure that we have the right situation. So we're going to explore that topic a little bit more. And to do that, we brought in Richard Miller. He is the owner and he's a senior 
Move Manager with Smooth Transitions of Central North Carolina. Richard, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. I think this is a great topic, specifically given what we were just talking about when folks are faced with a move into a long-term care facility or faced with a temporary move even into a rehab community. This whole idea of downsizing, uh, you know, it's really riveting the nation. There are TV shows about it and, you know, people my age even and younger are thinking about these little tiny homes and, and, and kind of living with less excess. But when it comes to older adults who have been living in the same home they've been in for maybe 40, 50, 60, 70 years, the idea of downsizing can be terribly, terribly overwhelming. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the reason I think Maria Kondo is such a sensation across the nation is that every single morning in the when you hit your alarm clock, 10,000 people turn 65. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's affecting every single member of the population. Sure. We all have parents, grandparents, uncles, and aunts that are faced with this challenge. Of course, the first preference is to stay at home, but often there are other options that have to be put into place, and that's where we come in so we can help in those situations. But just, just to give you some perspective, not only every single day do 10,000 people turn 65, but that's when you start to think about that, that's almost 4 million people a year. Right. So by the year 2030, for the first time in U.S. history, the 0 to 18 population will be outnumbered by the 65-plus population. Mm-hmm. It's the fastest-growing segment in our population. And in this area... It's even closer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, this is definitely a a very, very big topic. I mean, it even has impacted my own staff. I have a staff member who is currently on a leave of absence because her mom suddenly had to move into her home and they are faced with sorting 60 years of stuff. And it's just literally having to go through and you know, decide what's a keeper, what's a giveaway, what's a sell at an estate sale. And, you know, sometimes that works within a family unit to do that yourself, but other times you really need to seek an outside professional such as yourself. Absolutely. So So talk to us a little bit about some of those tips and strategies. Let's say, um, you know, listening to the show and I am seeing the writing on the wall for my loved one and we're contemplating a move. How do we even start? You know, I mean, I I had a loved one once who literally, I think, kept every grocery store bag since the beginning of time. And, you know, where where do we begin? Because they were important to them, even all those grocery store bags. It was like hard for them to peel that away from their life. Oh, sure. All those little things. Uh, can have an effect. The the first thing we start with is really what brings you joy, Mm -hmm. what sparks joy in your life, and what makes it feel like home. So that's the best place to start, is to really focus on the things that absolutely need to transition, whether it's from upstairs to downstairs in the home, Mm -hmm. or whether they're moving from a lifelong home into a patio home or a senior community. So we start with really what matters and what makes it feel like home. Mm. You know, it's interesting when you say that because one in 10 people would rather spend a week in jail than move, <laughs> which is, it's, it's amazing, but it, it can be overwhelming and stressful. The yeah. trick is to start now and to do it while you're in charge so that you're not faced in a crisis situation with having to do it all yourself in a rapid amount of time. Mm-hmm. Typically for a family to do what you just described would take six to nine months on average. Wow. We generally do transitions in two to three weeks, and wow. we do two to three of those per week. Mm. Um, but you know, some projects are bigger than others. Right. Uh, but one we just did last week was from seven thousand square foot to twelve hundred square foot. So there was a lot of those little trash bags you mentioned. <laughs> 
Um, and that's a process that we go through. So the, the main process we use from, from a sorting perspective is what we call the hand. Okay. So just think about each tip of the hand having a function. Okay. So the very first one I already mentioned, which would be the thumb, and that would be to identify those things that bring joy and also are required for function in your new space. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two would be what needs to go to family? What do you want to get to family? That is, let me stop you there, because that is so, so important, because a lot of times, and, I, and I, I myself have been put in this position, you know, there were times when grandparents seemingly were pretty well, you know, they, they weren't really frail yet, and they wanted to give me things. And I would say, no, 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 grandma, because it made me feel like, oh, you know, I think, you know, she's not dying anytime soon. I don't need her this piece of jewelry or this piece of china. But the reality of it is, is she was trying to do some of that. And take it when they offer it because once a person passes it may not go the way that person intended you're absolutely right and it, it can mean a lot to them yeah to, to, to just see that joy as they are passing it absolutely absolutely so we've done the thumb and we've done the pointer finger what's the middle finger so yeah, so the index <laughs> finger scared. obviously is family <laughs> okay. and then the next one would be what can be sold okay and then the fourth finger would be what can be donated okay. and then obviously the last thing would be thoughtfully disposing of what's left okay so basically five piles is yep. what you would do and the trick is to start small and to eat the elephant one bite at a time mm -hmm. so for example if someone's sitting down tonight in front of their television take their junk drawer with them mm -hmm. and go through that five finger process mm -hmm. and just start a little bit at a time start with the easy stuff mm -hmm. junk drawer closets <laughs> linen closets things like that um, but it's never too early to start. Well, you know, I, we, I'm embarrassed to say, but my garage was a complete disaster. Um, we moved into this property about four years ago, and literally my husband pulled all, everything that he had in a motorcycle shop and just basically dumped it into the garage. And it would just had everything under the sun in there, time from when he was in the Navy, time when he was doing motorcycles, time when he was, um, you, you name it, it was in there. And I just, I wanted a place to park my car badly. So sure. we went through it, and I noticed, and this is not uncommon, but you can really get lost in the weeds. And I started just intuitively doing the piles. Let's just make a few piles. Like, this is trash. This is stuff I want to look through later. This is stuff we definitely are going to keep. And this is stuff that's going to go into this other building. And we just sort of started sorting that way. Because what I found was with him, I, I have no issues getting rid of stuff, it seems. But with him, he would suddenly find this bucket of things. And it would have memories. And then he would get paralyzed trying to make a decision about, well, do I keep this? Do I get rid of this? Oh, I want to sit here and read this and then it, we would have it would have taken us months to go through that garage right so I'm sure you see that a lot oh absolutely um, so a garage can be a real challenge but what I routinely see every day mm -hmm. is multiple generations of items in a home mm. and unfortunately it seems to land on our senior population so if you can imagine you know they 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 have taken care of their parents, so mm -hmm. they have their parents' items in the attic or the basement. Right, that they kept. Exactly. <laughs> Never looked at again. <laughs> they have their lifelong belongings, yeah. but also they have their children went to college and their children left, but their stuff didn't. Yeah. And now they're faced with, like you with the garage, and now they're faced with, what do I do with all yeah, this? Yeah, the very first kindergarten finger painting. You know, what do I do? This, this, <laughs> you know, yes. I, so, and I literally, when my daughter's not looking, hide, shh, I don't tell anybody, but I hide that in the trash. Because she just found me, literally, mommy, why is this picture in the garbage can? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> so I have to be very careful about that. How did that get there? I, yeah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> let me pull that out and get all the grease off of it now. So, not that I didn't enjoy 
it at the time. So I take pictures now to remember the things, and we can take those pictures and print them out someday if she wants them that bad. So, yeah, that is to- it's definitely tricky. I also find that sometimes when family members are getting involved in the sorting process, it can become rather contentious at times. And so bringing in an outside organization perhaps with a sort of an unbiased opinion about how things should go. Does that tend to help family situations? It helps a lot to have that objective third party really uh, keep things neutral. Mm -hmm. Because as you mentioned, it can be very emotional. It can. And that's part of the process, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you have an objective third party during that process, it's going to make a big difference in the speed of Mm. which you process. Some of the main questions that we ask routinely when going through that process would be, does it bring you joy? Mm -hmm. Does it spark joy? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you used it? That's right. a great question to ask yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's my motto. If I have not worn this or used this in the past year, it go, out it goes. That's a, that's a great motto. Yeah. Um, another good one is if you were to evacuate this home mm-hmm. in two hours. What would you take? <laughs> what would you take or would that come with you? Right. So it's really promoting self-discovery from an objective stance and, and getting folks to think about what really does matter. Because you're taking, you know, a very large home and making it smaller in many cases. Another thing I think we should really hit on, which I know is a huge issue, is the value of something. You know, somebody may remember, I bought this when this, you know, and it was $500 and, you know, and so today it would be worth $1,500, but really isn't the value really what somebody would actually pay for it? That's a great point. It's, it's what somebody's willing to pay for it in the room at that given moment, yeah. you know, especially if it were at auction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, in, in the current market, it's a flooded market. A lot of folks are life-sizing, right-sizing, downsizing. Uh-huh. Um, they're doing that for various reasons. And as a result, the market is flooded with used furniture, uh, collectibles. And you mentioned China. Um, People aren't even buying that anymore when they're getting married, I've noticed. You're, you're absolutely right. My son, who's 26, uh-huh. uh, would... He sacrifices quality for style, Mm -hmm. and that's what we have to understand in this generation. And if it doesn't fit in a flat pack in the back of a Subaru, he's not interested. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, they're just... not even building homes with dining rooms anymore, frankly. You know, the, the, right. those old or those formal living rooms. My first home had a formal living room. No home I've had ever since has that. I still have a dining room because I still like my china, so I'm sort of in that in-between age. But my stepdaughter did not have china on her registry. Wouldn't even dream of that. It's it's interesting. Definitely, it's a definitely, whole new a lot of changes. It's sure. still, it's changing. I I don't have any. Um, oh, you know, okay, we so. have we have a little bit, I guess, but it's like <laughs> we break it out for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it's like, uh, you and know. then you have to hand wash it, and then oh yeah, yeah. That's a <laughs> when lot you're of full work. and tired. <laughs> well, Richard, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? The best way to reach us would be to call our uh, local phone number, which is nine one nine three three five home, or four six six three if they don't like the letters. Um, that's the best way. But yeah, they can also check us out on the web at www.yoursmoothtransition.com. That's easy enough. Yoursmoothtransition.com or call 919-335-HOME. That's 919-335-4663. Richard Miller, owner and senior move manager with Smooth Transitions. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. My pleasure. Thank you. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, it's that time again. We need to highlight some of our special friends at Transitions Life Care. And we are going to be talking about community engagement. And to do that, uh, I thought that we should bring in the community engagement representative for well, that, Transitions Life Care. Well, that makes Life a lot care. of sense. Doesn't it? Yes, Doesn't it, it? it does. I'm you get a gold star for that one. <laughs> I, I think I deserve a medal for this one. I think a big so. Medal. Um, and well, uh, the community engagement representative for Transitions Life Care, our returning guest, Rich Gwaltney. Rich, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Thank you for having me again. You know, uh, Transitions Life Care is so multifaceted and it has so many amazing offerings, not just the direct patient care aspects with the hospice care, the palliative care, the home health, the in-home care, the grief care, the uh, kids program, but really the base of all of that is providing education to the community about how to handle and have conversations when life kind of hits you with a chronic illness or potentially a life-limiting illness. And so I know that you have been spending the last several years developing quite a menu of services, so to speak, of offerings that are actually available to the community at no charge to really help people open up some conversations. Absolutely. You know, when I uh, became a part of this greater conversation about end-of-life care and uh, aging, uh, you know, it's interesting. My background has been more in the nonprofit field, whether that be education, ministry, spiritual care. Uh, I tell people uh, by saying that I've worked in the nonprofit field for 27 years, that's like saying I've done a lot of things in a lot of places for not a lot of money. And uh, <laughs> not that I'm complaining, but, you know, I, I, I think about what we do and what I've done uh, as part of, you know, finding my place in telling our organization story you know, was was a journey. Uh, having not a lot of health and medical background, coming in the front door and just wrapping my head, my heart, my hands around, not just memorizing stats and figures and facts, that's important, but really getting at the core of what Transitions Life Care was all about. What does a hospice do? And then I found out there's so much more there. And I, and I talk about, uh, really, we, we went down this path of how do we <laughs> dispel what I call myth understandings. Uh, there's myths and misunderstandings about what a hospice is and does. And, you know, as I started to realize it had more to do with life and living than death and dying, we started to refocus our philosophy of engagement to say, well, how do we create a place to engage audiences, not to just present them with a, you know, open up the fire hydrant and just let all the information out, but how do we engage them in the conversations about the things that matter the most with the people that matter the most. Because philosophically, we think about uh, if it has more to do with life and living than death and dying, how do we help people in the community live a life where you leave uh, nothing unfinished, unsaid, or undone? And that's hard to capture in a spreadsheet. It's hard to do in an (laughs) eight-county area. But the idea was, the ethos behind it was, uh, there are things that matter the most to you and to us, and we want to help you live according to those priorities. So, so yes, we created uh, an extended menu uh, that helps you know people uh, create a place for that uh, those conversations. Whether it's in their faith community, a wellness program, a family night at a at an assisted living facility, 
anywhere. A I Rotary Club, I'm guessing. Exactly. Those types of things. Rotary Clubs. I've spoken in some pretty amazing areas that I didn't think would invite a speaker in to speak. Uh, but it's just, uh, again, when you start to think of it as life and living and, and those priorities, everyone has them. Uh, and we tend to put off a conversation about wanting to see what a hospice does and what it doesn't do and what it's all about. We try to avoid that like we want to avoid death, which right. is understandable. But when we move that back long before someone would need hospice, uh, you know, I've worked with students primarily most of my 27 years prior to this seven uh, at Transitions Life Care. And I just tell people now I have a much older youth group. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're my age and up. But the idea, though, is you know, we all have priorities. So how do we how do we live that life? And, and, and some of these uh, uh, community engagement resources are, are there to create that place. And it's a safe place that if people want to go off menu and ask questions because they know we're from transitions, it gives them a nice platform and a place to do that. So tell me, uh, what are some of the most popular offerings that you provide out into the community for those listening who might have their interests sure. piqued? Well, you know, when I, when I think about the story we want to tell, we love telling our story, TL101. Now, we were started, founded 40 years ago this year in 1979, and that's that's really our signature dish. If you're looking at a menu, we we love to cook that's that the up. That's the one with the star next to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chef's Gluten-free special. Gluten-free option, perhaps? Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny to use that illustration because that really does depict what people think about. Uh, when you think about if you're in a group in a community and you want a speaker, um, you don't think when you think hospice, that's a heavy item on a menu. Yeah, that, that you, makes people step back. That's like Limburger cheese on the exactly. menu. Exactly, <laughs> and it's heavy. Maybe they don't have an appetite. Maybe you have an aversion to talking yeah. about those things. It's just too much. So we created this menu that kind of had some lighter options that were again more life focused. Uh, maybe you want to go right to the dessert menu and just get something that's going to make you feel good. Uh, so what we started to do is um, we expanded from the TL 101 uh, overview of who we are, what we do, our story. Uh, we have a lot of conversations about advanced directives, uh, making our priorities and wishes known about our health care uh, in case we're unable to make those decisions for ourselves. Um, as that's expanded, we've uh, we found books uh, by best-selling authors where uh, I jokingly tell people it's kind of like Oprah's book club. You have to imagine I'm Oprah, minus a few billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> a little less hair, too. A little less hair. <laughs> um, and there are no uh, no giveaways under your chair. I don't pay off anyone's mortgages. Oh, come on. <laughs> or I uh, send you to my favorite places. But the idea is we're not trying to sell some of these books. Uh, we actually don't even bring them. Uh, what we really are trying to do is to take a subject matter written by specialists and create it in, um, deliver it in a creative fashion that allows people to, to you know, get exposed to what's uh, in the contents of the book. So book discussions, uh, one called The Four Things That Matter Most, which deal with those matters of importance in our lives, uh, you know, people we need to forgive, people we need to seek forgiveness from, uh, people could use an expression of love from us, people we'd like to thank. And again, that theme of trying to leave a life where nothing's unfinished. Um, and then that sprung into uh, really discussions on the book and the documentary called Being Mortal by Dr. Atul Gawande. Again, just a, a chance to show the documentary and then have a discussion based on the feedback from that. Uh, we also do talks on uh, understanding grief and loss, of course. That's a specialty of ours, both in our grief department as well as for community engagement. 
other conversations include, uh, you know, again, we've we've actually helped with the historic Oakwood Cemetery years ago to start the, the first, some of the first death cafes in the area, uh, which they've kept going on a consistent basis. And we uh, we offer that actually kind of death cafe in a box to talk about our mortality in a box box, not a coffin shaped box but i do have one of those uh but the idea is to talk about you know having conversations about life and death but all surrounded by good comfort foods and and uh just uh, to kind of set that conversation at ease and uh, and that sprung board into as well just many other uh you know conversations uh based on dvds uh consider the conversation series part one and two uh there's other uh you know other you know conversations encouraging the heart of a caregiver uh has been one that we've seen a lot of mileage from because of the caregiving needs in our community Uh, one that's very close to my heart one that was chasing me for about 32 years now and i started chasing it back is one called life story and that's uh, really taking a look at your life through the lens of a story, uh, walking in the way of a storyteller and just trying to gain meaning and purpose and really to look at your legacy and your legends and how that's really helped to further understand your life's journey. So, so yeah, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of options. Uh, you know, there are some, some options on that menu, like any other restaurant that they pair well together. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Is it a red or a white today? Exactly. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. I mean, and I think it's just fabulous that um, Transitions Life Care has really put uh, some breath and life behind really trying to take that time to educate the community. Well, you know, you're, you're not going there to try to get a referral for business. You're really just trying to go there to open up a conversation to be a storyteller. So this is not a typical speaking engagement where you have, you know, 75 PowerPoint slides. It really is a very engaged audience having a conversation. And we've been so impressed by these talks. We've often asked Rich to come in and and talk at our caregiver summits as well, because they are truly very well received. So if folks want to connect with you and have you come in and speak to one of their community groups, how would they go about and do that? There are a couple of ways. Of course, you call into our uh, our main number. You can go to transitionslifecare.org. And you will see under the community engagement tabs there uh, contact information as well. Uh, there is a new uh, email address called connect uh, at transitionslifecare.org. Connect? Connect at transitionslifecare.org. And that'll go directly to myself and uh, in our community engagement department to where we can field those requests to, to which, of course, we like to, you know, we like to tailor to your needs and some of that uh has to do with time uh some of that has to do with location and 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 audience and you know one thing we've really enjoyed about having a menu is that we've noticed just like any menu some people like to choose like uh, going to panera they like to pick two or three and (laughs) and we encourage people to plan a series uh to where we can come back uh week after week two three four five part series we've done in the past it allows us to go deeper in relationship and create even a broader place to have those talks transitionslifecare.org is the website there you can view the full menu that rich has been uh referencing there and you can also email connect at transitionslifecare.org rich gwaltney community engagement representative for transitions life care thank you so much for joining us we're out of time for today on behalf of nicole cleggett i'm jason kong thanking you for listening this evening we'll hope you'll join us again next saturday evening at seven for aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care on news radio 680 wptf have a wonderful night you've been listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you on news radio 680 wptf 
For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.